You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the show. Yes, I am back. My name is Jake. Brian has been holding down the fort for about a week now. Brian, how are you, my friend? Jake, it was a long, 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 long stretch without you, but it's great to have you back, buddy. I'm going to resist breaking into song, but he's back, folks. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I am back, and we're going to have some fun on today's podcast. We'll, of course, talk Utah football, five walk-ons earning scholarships for a job well done and well-earned. We'll also talk some Utah hoops as well as catching up on everything else going on with Utah athletics. A very impressive showing for Utah men's golf that we need to touch on on today's podcast. I know it doesn't get a lot of pub, but what that Ute golf program did needs to be addressed. We'll talk about all that ahead on today's show. Brian, who is bringing us today's podcast? It's the one that makes you go, Rock Auto. Yep, we love our good friends at rockauto.com. We'll also let you guys hear a little bit more about what betonline.ag's got for all of our listeners. So plenty to get to ahead on today's podcast. Without further ado, let's break into it here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for February 9th, 2021. Welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics. My name is Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We are your co-host tandem talking all things Utah athletics every day. As I mentioned in the open, I've been gone for the better part of a week. Uh, my responsibilities at the radio station, Brian, uh, really bogged me down. So I am very excited to be back here talking all things Utah athletics. Yeah, it was almost like there was some sort of uh, s- spread to the station <laughs> that made you have to work a lot more. And so I I wanted to make sure that you were fresh for the more important part of, the, of your day, which is the one that actually pays uh, the, the real salary. And then that way, you know, I can... I can handle this. I, this is like giving your 16-year-old the car keys. You know, at some point, they're probably going to crash it. But <laughs> there's at least a few nights that they're going to make it home okay. So Hey, you handled it just fine. I actually listened to the vast majority of the episodes you did without me, so I think you did a great job. But a reminder for everybody, this is your daily podcast focused on the Utes. We talk nothing but the Utes. We do mix in the Pac-12 a little bit, though, as well, because... It, on the network that we work on, we are essentially the resident Pac-12 podcast. Just there happens to be no other one out there. So we got plenty to touch on on today's show. Should we start off on the gridiron, Brown Bear? Yeah, there was some big news coming out of the football program today. An announcement via Twitter that over the past few weeks, they placed five of their hardworking walk-on players on scholarship. Uh Unfortunately, we didn't get the fun pizza delivery scholarship videos yeah. or the neat announcements. I'm sure the team did something to help celebrate these guys and make them feel special. But just another thing that the pandemic has undercut, Jake, and, and we all are the worst for it. Yeah, and that's the thing about Except it. Except for the five guys on scholarship, well, yeah, right? <laughs> they, they, they got the reward, obviously. They're going to be put on scholarship. They get that money, the cost of attendance, stipend, all that good stuff that they've been working for. 
yeah, congratulations to them. But we did get robbed of being able to see, yeah, those fun moments when their teammates just dogpiled them or just having the time of their life celebrating with their teammate. So, yes, we did get robbed of that. But we do need to say congratulations to the five players. They are Moroni and I, Moroni and I Stone Azarcone, Hayden Fury, Noah Rodriguez Trammell, and Dylan Slavens. There may be some names in there for those of you who are big Utah football fans. You may recognize some of those names, and for good reason, because there's some significant contributors amongst this group. Yeah, Stone Ezra Cone was a guy that was actually slotted on the depth chart at the safety position to start last spring when Utah was a little thin there. Uh, Hayden Fury, a, a linebacker walk-on that if you subscribe to Ute Zone, you know him and his story very well. We've talked about him. Uh, his family has been uh, very open about his his uh, situation. I don't. It's not a situation like his yeah. life and yeah. what it's like being a walk-on. They, they've just kind of laid it out there for people. Let them kind of have a glimpse into what goes into making a walk-on football player at a Power 5 level. It's actually been a really fun thing to have a glimpse into. Yeah, it is. And and just another reason why you need to subscribe at 24-7 Sports so you can get that kind of inside uh, insight. And, and when it's coming from, you know, the parents and they're actually talking about it on boards and whatnot, it's so much more interesting than just me relaying it. Uh, Noah Rodriguez Trammell is a name that probably everyone doesn't realize that they know, but they know very well. One of the long snappers up there. Uh, Dylan Slavin's a wide receiver. And, of course, Moroni and I, a linebacker. Yeah, see, the funny thing is I'm looking at these names, and they're guys that I have paid attention to, and most most notably is Noah Rodriguez-Trammell, because long snappers, as I am fond of saying, they toil in anonymity. You re- rarely know their name offhand, but when you know their name, it usually is for a bad reason, because they probably screwed up a snap, whether it's on a field goal, a punt, whatever it might be. But nonetheless... It is fun to see these five getting their reward because many people out there, Brian, and you can speak better to this because you did play at the collegiate level. I don't think they have a clear understanding of literally the sacrifices these young men have made to play the sport that they love. They have paid massive amounts of money and also a bunch of sweat equity and blood, sweat, and tears have gone in to earning this scholarship. Can you kind of give a little bit of an insight as to what goes into getting these guys to the point they're at now? Well, I was a walk-in as well, Jake, and what it boils down to is is you basically walk in every single day as the team janitor, and that's not a disrespect to janitors, but uh, it's you're actually lower than the janitor on most teams. Like they're they're at the top of the depth chart, they're number one, and and you're there down there at the bottom, and so it's it is as much a mental grind as it is physical because you're always at the bottom of the depth chart. You're the last one to get your equipment. Like you said, it is a lot of financial investment to do that. Uh, my player packs. So this is how deep it goes, but at, at the Ju- Juco level, you don't get anything. Right. Okay. So even the guys who are on scholarship still have to pay a little bit here and there. I didn't, I wasn't on scholarship my first year as a walk-on. So I had to play for my pay, player pack, which was my, you know, our, our travel suits that we wore on the road, all my shorts and my shirts that we wore for workouts. I had to play, pay for my uh, training table, which was our team meals that we did. I believe it was two days a week or two times a week during camp. And then once a week uh, during the season, and, and all of that stuff was offset, obviously, with donations and things like that that the program had worked out with others. But it was all my responsibility to pay for it all. And that's what these guys are, are you know, responsible for, for the most part. It's it's your books. It's your tuition. It's it's all that kind of stuff. There is a 
a little bit more at the D1 level just because there is more funding for it. But these guys are the grinders. They're the scout team guys that get beat up on every single week and have to learn a new offense or defense and, and model it perfectly. And if you don't, you get screamed at the by the coaches. And if you do it well, you get screamed at by the coaches for being a scout team all-star. And so it's <laughs> it's it's a tough, tough life. But when you get in there and you work your tail off and you earn a spot, there is no one that gets more respect in a program than the walk-ons who end up on scholarship. And it's, you know, you look at these names and, and all five of them are those kinds of guys. I think Dylan Slavens is a guy that has uh, worked as hard or harder than anyone in that wide receiver position group. And, and this is much deserved. Yeah. And that's the fun part about it is these guys have overcome pretty astronomical odds in all honesty because they're now playing at the highest level of college football they didn't necessarily have a ton of suitors chasing them breaking down their door figuratively to get them to come to the program they're playing for but they have fought clawed scratched on everything they can do to get to where they're at and i think it's just it's, it's really cool to be able to talk about this because it's fun to see these guys finally break through and start uh earning and getting that respect like you talked about. They've earned the respect of their teammates. There's no doubt about that. But now the coaching staff realizes the value that these guys bring to this program and they're being rewarded as such. Yeah, they are. And and you'll notice that for the most part, they're all juniors. Yeah. And then there's some strategy behind that. There are some NCAA exceptions that allow you to award scholarships to walk-ons that have been there for a while. But it also reemphasizes what we've talked about a lot on this podcast with the importance of having your walk-ons because they are there. Yep. They help you set and build the culture. And I promise you, Guy Holiday is not going to be over you know overly impressed by a freshman that that comes in and tries to trash on Dylan Slavens because he knows what Dylan Slavens has done every day for the last three or four years so when we're talking levels of respect that's the guy that sits at the top of guy holidays list now you may have all the skill and talent in the world but you got to work as hard as that guy and that's you know a lot of what Utah uses right now to to come create competitiveness within position groups to set the standard, to get guys to buy into what they call the quote unquote Utah way at a program like Alabama or Clemson or some of these really deep programs with tons and tons of talent. It's a lot easier to set the culture, right? Because you have so much talent there that if you don't contribute and you don't work hard, you're just not going to play. And that's that. And so at a program like Utah, these guys are just absolutely critical. And so they deserve this reward. I do want to point out that Hayden Fury was a special teams contributor, essentially since he's walked into the, walked onto the program. And and so for that reason, he is one of the younger ones to receive a scholarship. Uh, It will not cost you to an initial, which that's another reason why preferred walk-ons are are very, very critical to the program. Oh yeah. Because you get some of those developmental guys like, like Hayden, who maybe he had the chops or the size, but something just wasn't quite there yet. And so you come in for a year, you work, and then they put you on scholarship. Yeah, so it's it's really cool to see this. And like you mentioned, preferred walk-ons, man, they are just an absolutely critical avenue for all programs to develop talent. There's no doubt about that. So congratulations to all five of those players. Well-deserved honors for each of them. And here's hoping they make good on the bet that the 
program is now making in them with the investment they're putting in there. All right, Brian, we'll switch gears, move over to the hardwoods, talk a little bit about Utah basketball here in just a moment. Let's take a minute, though, and talk today about our good friends over at Rock Auto. I know you've had plenty of experience with them recently, uh, but what it is is Rock Auto wants to make sure that you have every part that you could ever need for your vehicle at a reasonable price. That is their goal. That's what they promise. And I have to admit, you, you've experienced this. They come through on that promise. Yeah, they do. And it's it's the best part about it, Jake, is that when you're dabbling in this for the first time, you always worry about getting the right part, yeah. getting the right equipment. You know, the, all those guys with the YouTube videos make it look easy and everything always fits. That's the magic of editing, right? Yep. That's the benefit of going to a place like Rock Auto is they do all that research for you. So they know exactly what part it is for your vehicle. They do this nationwide. This is not just a uniquely Utah theme. And they've been doing it for 20 years. It's a family-owned business, so you know that they care about it. You know that they're invested in it. And they've done such a good job that they've been able to take it uh, nationally and, and, and continue to provide that service to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. The best part about it, Brian, is uh, if you go to a chain store or a dealership, they actually have different tiers for pricing when it comes to if being a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. RockAuto.com, their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They also offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, a lot like what airlines do or other uh, industries out there. That's what I love about Rock Auto. It's for everybody and does not require you to sign a membership or have a membership or an account login to get the prices. It's extremely easy to use. The website is very straightforward. I can encourage you guys to go over there and check that out. Why pay up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com and check it out. Do that now, and while you're there, make sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box, so that way they know that we sent you to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. Brian, I have been gone for a little bit here and I've been watching a lot of Utah basketball, but I have not had my chance to really kind of weigh in on what I've seen from the Utes of late. I know you've done a great job breaking it down. I've been listening to the podcast while I have been away, but nonetheless, I have to say what Utah basketball is doing right now is actually kind of inspirational. The way that they've just kind of battled back from the brink yeah, I know you're laughing here. If people have seen the video, Brian's just chuckling to himself. But I, it's actually, it, it's very impressive to see what this team has done as they try and prove, you know what, we're still playing for our coach. We're not giving in. This is not a season that we're going to give up on. I'm, I'm not laughing at you, Jake. I'm just laughing at the reaction of those Utah fans that have uh, put themselves in the corner of just wanting this, uh, this era to end. And sure. they've all posted that angry little girl shaking her fist gif on their Twitter accounts in response to that. But I agree with you. I, I think it's been, I've been lucky enough to talk about it, but I have no idea what this team is anymore. Like well, it's bizarre. I think I don't think any of us do. And uh, PK Patrick Kinahan, who I work with on a daily basis, he has made the best analogy for Utah basketball this year using a movie reference. It's, it's the box of chocolates in Forrest Gump. You don't know what you're going to get. The nice part is, though, of late, we have been getting a lot of good basketball, a lot of team play, a lot of showing what they're made of here. And the hope is, as they kind of come down the home stretch here in the final month of this regular season, that you see continued improvement. And hopefully that can carry some momentum, possibly into the Pac-12 tournament, but build momentum going into the next season and beyond. 
I'm going to spill the beans a little bit here, Jake. You actually grew up watching Utah basketball in the 90s, and and despite the narrative, quote-unquote, that you're a diehard Cougar, you did grow up watching that program, and and I won't say rooting for it, but paying interest in it and and being wowed and shocked by them. Oh, I was rooting. I I will freely admit that. I was rooting for Majerus' Utes, man. That program was so fun and what that they were just they were an entertaining brand of basketball so I, i've told people growing up i grew up a fan of two sports in the state and utah jazz were one thing but in college byu football and utah basketball that's what i rooted for in the 90s and i know people it drives them nuts when that when they hear me say that but they were the two hot tickets at that time and it was fun to see what they were doing and the, what Utah basketball, the heights that Utah basketball has made it to and that you and I have both seen in our lifetimes, there are many Utah fans listening to us who also saw the heights that they climbed their way to with the resources that are nowhere near what they have at their disposal now. The nice part about what's going on with Utah in the last week or so, the last couple of weeks, is that you're seeing this program really start to build some momentum. I know you and I talked about around New Year. Uh, when we were getting going here, just the lack of consistency for this team. They hadn't been able to practice consistently. They hadn't been playing games consistently, and it really did affect them. Now that they've had a little more consistency in their schedule where they've been able to play a little more regularly, I know you tweeted out, it's amazing what a team can do when they have a chance to practice. It is crazy once you kind of get into a groove where things really can start improving and start picking up some momentum. It is, and and they've made a lot of progress in a lot of different areas. They're still not a great shooting basketball team when it comes to outside shooting, but what they really have done is they've improved inside inside the uh, inside the paint yeah. and layups. And I talked a little bit about that against Arizona. They were seventeen and twenty four at the rim. That's a tremendous mark, and that's something where I think. As you think about those 90s basketball teams, they were based on two things, defense and rebounding. (laughs) And we're starting to see that with this team as well. And it's such a hard thing to compare this era of basketball with that one. And I hope you get a chance to listen to Andrew Bogut's podcast where he talks about playing for Rick Majerus and everything that he went through. You really get an idea for everything that Rick did and everything that he put the players in those in that program in that era through in order to get the results that people got to see and we didn't see any of how the sausage was made back then no and to be honest i think it would have been really tough to enjoy some of those wins if you had uh, you're not you're not joking and i i know enough people who covered those teams back then who understood and saw more of how that sausage was made that have told uh, legendary stories as, w- as we'll go with uh, on this podcast that just say, yeah, it, it was very different. But nonetheless, it's been fun to see this program continue to battle. They easily could have thrown in the towel on this season, Brian. I honestly believe that many points this season, I thought we were on the verge of seeing that happen. And it is a credit to this program. The players inside that locker room, it's all them. They, they have decided, you know what? We're going to battle here. We're, we believe in our coaching staff. We're going to show that, you know what? We easily yeah, could have just given up and said, you know what? We're done with this. We'll, tr- we'll, th- we'll try another day. They haven't done that. And that, to me, I, I really, really like what I'm seeing right now. 
Yeah, and you're starting to see guys emerge and really establish themselves. I think if you want to track the progress in terms of of rankings, they're at number 69 in the Kim Palm ratings. Mm -hmm. I think they were at 341 at one point to start the season in the net rankings. I just went back and checked in January. They were at 120. Mm -hmm. They're all the way up to 82. So they're making progress. Now, is this a tournament team? No. No, like unless they win through the Pac-12 conference tournament, they're just not going to make it into the tournament. And that's unfortunate. But at the same time, like you're seeing all sorts of programs struggle this year. You know, Stanford is at 57, Oregon at 58. So it's not just a Utah thing. I think it's Pac-12 programs as a whole are really struggling. You look at the top 10 and there's not a lot of names that you would expect in terms of blue bloods of college basketball right there's no duke Mm -hmm. there's no north carolina uh it's teams like houston virginia uh alabama illinois (laughs) michigan that's one that people get gonzaga we were just talking about they're unreal michigan state kentucky uh, kansas they're not even ranked right now this is a very topsy-turvy season in college basketball all the way around but the nice part is there are programs that have really proven their metal and have just battled through every setback and utah is right among that bunch i'm with you they're probably not making the tournament unless they go on a magical run through the pac-12 tournament and earn that automatic bid but nonetheless what we have seen from this program and how they have continued just to fight their way and continue to stay with it um, uh, to use the Kyle Whittingham thing, they they've they've what's his term? It, it, to buy in, uh, what's the all term? in or in the way? All in or in the way. That's what they've done. They they've just they've gone all in, and it's fun to see. Yeah, it is, and I I think for people who maybe checked out on the four game stretch where they went one for four and and lost that just stinker against Cal. Mm-hmm. I understand why you checked out because it was yeah. frustrating to everybody. You and I talked about, okay, well, I guess we're going to watch a basketball game. <laughs> and now it's to the point for me where it's like Saturday night and Sunday. I was mad that I didn't get a Utah basketball game because I wanted something and, and they're improving. They're not a hundred percent there, but you're seeing growth. And I think there is, that, that may be the selling point of this program going forward is that it, it's not going to be a perennial powerhouse like it was. Yeah. And, and there is so much that we can talk about down the road about what Utah has to do to get to that point. But right now, I think what you can take, uh, you know, pleasure in or enjoyment from is like you said, the inspiration, the, the stick-to-itiveness, the grit. And this team is starting is not starting. They've bought in. Like you said, they are all in into what they're being coached and told to do. And it's paying dividends. Yeah, absolutely. So looking forward and we'll preview the games coming up later this week for the running Utes. Another big week ahead for them. As you mentioned, Brian, they continue to improve in those net ratings, the Ken Palm ratings. It's fun to see them moving up and hopefully they'll continue to do so. All right, we will wrap up today's show and we'll We'll talk a little bit about some of the other news and notes involving Utah athletics, as well as one notable uh, thing to pay attention to in the Pac-12 in particular, a starting quarterback up in the North Division suspended indefinitely after getting picked up by police. We'll talk about all that here in just a moment. Let's take a minute, though, and talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Brian, how did your weekend go in the sports betting world? I don't want to point fingers at anybody but it would have been a lot better maybe about 100 bags of skittles better if new york could have scored a point before ah. losing to miami on sunday because i i was right there i, I we talk about this jake and, and i'm having fun learning how to gamble because mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly people ask you know well what are you putting in 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing stuff on the wall yeah. and seeing what sticks and it's fun. And I'm playing around with parlays and that yep. seems to be my, my, you know, bet of choice right now. And I was talking to a friend of mine on Monday about some of the bets that he placed. And, and we were talking about how much more invested we were in the Super Bowl because there was a little extra Skittle on the line, There's a little cheddar. Some cheddar on the line, yeah, no doubt about it. So take advantage of it, guys. You can go to betonline.ag and bet on anything you want to. We know that football is over now, obviously, with the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror, but there's NBA hoops, there's college basketball, you got hockey. The best part about Bet Online, Brian, if you want to bet on prop bets, whether it's reality TV, uh, just everyday life with celebrities, they've got all of that for you guys. You can go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account now, and they are still offering all of our listeners a 50% welcome bonus. What you need to do is make your first deposit and use the promo code Locked On when you sign up there at betonline.ag, and they'll give you 50% of whatever you deposit as a welcome bonus. It's free money for you guys to have some fun with, as Brian and I are both are doing, kind of learning the ropes of sports betting. You can do it right there with BetOnline. It's the best way to do it, Jake, and and we've both done it, and it's a lot of fun, and we endorse Bet Online because they are the best place to go to get all of your bets placed, especially if you've got some sort of interest in The Bachelor. I don't know. <laughs> well, take advantage of it, guys. Once again, that's courtesy of all our friends at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Brian, on our way out the door here on a Tuesday, let's take a minute and talk about some interesting news developing up on the Palouse in Washington State. Washington State starting quarterback Jaden Delora picked up on suspicion of DUI over the weekend. He has been suspended indefinitely by the program. It's a terrible story, and I think you combine that with the news regard surrounding the Chiefs this weekend, and I think it's just another reminder of, of something that is so simple. Just don't drive. Yeah. If you're going to drink, don't drive. And it's it, – I don't want to get preachy and I don't want to stand on the soapbox here, but there's no reason to be driving around uh, Pullman. It, it is a easy town to walk around in. We saw Mike Leach does it all the time. Yep. So it's a very, I, I don't, kids make mistakes, yeah. you know, and, and I think this is a very impactful mistake because he was probably the best quarterback uh, that played for Washington State this season, and they definitely played a slew of them. There's no doubt about it. That's kind of the role of each way. And so I think it is very impactful on a team that was returning with some momentum, and there's a good chance that he doesn't make it into the season in 2021. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what shakes out here. The, the other part about this, he's only a freshman, Brian, so he is underage technically as well. So this is a really rough deal. Uh, I'm with you. Hopefully he can get things in order and he doesn't make the same mistake again. It is, it's one of those things that uh, I'm with you. It's just uh, it doesn't make sense. Why would you drive when you're in a town like, like Pullman? You can get around just fine, as you mentioned. Mike Leach was very fond of taking long walks to and from the office from his home. And uh, man, it's, this is just, it's such a tough thing for me to accept that it's, it, everybody does it quote unquote, that, that doesn't fly in this situation for me. No, it doesn't. And it's like I said, I don't understand that kids make mistakes. This is one that should never be made in the first place. Yeah. If you're going to make your mistakes, make them, in areas that don't endanger people's lives. Don't be driving the wrong way down a street. Don't be running stop signs, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Be, be at least 
somewhat sensible in, in, in being young. Um, and this is going to be a huge decision for Nick Rolovich too. what he says and does with this situation is going to define a lot of this program moving forward. And so I don't envy that at all. Yeah. All right. One other thing on a positive note, as we wrap things up here, Brian, Utah men's golf, by the way, holy smokes. These guys were on fire in Southern Utah as they go on to win the Pat Hicks Thunderbird Invitational down there in St. George. Yeah, it recorded the lowest 54-hole team score on record at Utah. 41 strokes under par. Jeez. Good luck with that, Twitter Open. <laughs> yeah, I know, my goodness. Blake Tomlinson on his own, 15 under par. He won the tournament in first place individually. Uh, is it Jesper Von Rietz? Did I, did I pronounce that correctly? I believe so. He finished yes. second, and then Javier Barcos finished tied for third. Just an absolutely stellar showing for the Utes. It's fun to see them doing what they're doing. They just opened that new facility where the team will essentially live and practice and everything up there. This is a really cool start to their spring season. It is, and, and this is a program that has been in existence for a long time and really fought through to Dustin Pym comes to mind yeah. as one of the elite golfers to come from that program, a guy who has uh, really worked hard to, to get any kind of respect or anything like Still that. Still very is not invested a pro- with the program, too. Yeah, yeah. This is not a program that people point out and think to themselves, yeah, this is a golf juggernaut. So for them to start out like this, Blake Tomlinson, as we as I mentioned on Monday, a local kid, uh from Skyline High School, doing it for his his hometown program. Another neat story, and this will be a fun program to watch as they continue to evolve and, and see where this momentum can take them. Yeah, it's just fun to see them having just a, an absolutely stellar weekend out there on the links. Best of luck to them as they get back into action here in the near future once again. All right, Brian, any final thoughts or tidbits of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners on our way out the door here? No wisdom tonight, Jake. I'm just happy to have you back. There is a piece that has returned to my soul that finally the Jake and the Brown Bear have reunited. Well, it's good to be back. I can tell you that much. It was a really busy week, but I missed doing this podcast, and I'm excited to be back. We'll have another show for you guys tomorrow. And until then, make sure to hit the hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC, and you also can follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch if you'd like to follow us on the social media feeds. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for February 9th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana.